Exodus. All right. Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Amen to that. We've um, we've all we've all heard children say, and I'm sure you've seen clips of the movie. Um, Are we there yet? Never going a long trip with kids, and every two minutes is like, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" You know. And we as adults have also been on long drives and long trips and things, and we've probably said also, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Oh my gosh, how much further? Are we there yet?" Well, there, quote unquote, there can have different meanings, whether we are talking about physical locations or spiritual states of being. Okay, there can have different, different meanings, multiple meanings, depending on whether it's a physical location or where we are spiritually. One time I remember running into a co-worker who was planning on eating lunch at a particular place, but then at the last minute she decided to go to another location to eat. And she wound up being so blessed by seeing someone that she hadn't seen in a very long time. And the person was equally surprised to see her there. And as they started sitting down and talking and Holy Spirit spoke to her and ministered to her, she wound up talking to this other co-worker that she hadn't seen in a long time and ministering to that person. And what Holy Spirit led her to say to the other person was totally right on target and therefore wound up helping that individual. So by her changing my, her mind to go to this other place, she went to where the Lord wanted her to be. So that was her there. That was her there. That was where she needed to be. That was her there. So I ask you today, what is your there? What is your there? Throughout scripture we see evidence of people experiencing their there. It's all according to God's will and his timing. Whether or not you are where God wants you to be, if you are where God wants you to be, then that's your there. So we need to sometimes ask, ask ourselves, am I there yet? Am I there yet? God will send you to a place. He will send you to a place to be blessed. And when you get to that place of blessing, that is your there, quote unquote. God will send you to a place where you will bring a blessing to someone else. At that time, that is your there, because that's where you need to be. However, many times where we want to be in life is not where God wants us to be. I say again, many times in life we are not where, where God wants us to be. And it's important that we are where God wants to be. When we are where God wants us to be, God will be glorified through us and blessings will abound. This woman, this co-worker who decided to just follow the unction of Holy Spirit and go where she had, she changed her mind and went, she wound up blessing someone and as a result she wound up being blessed. So that was her there. So what does scripture say about being there, being at the right place at the right time? Go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 17. We have to always see what the word of God says about these matters. It's all a matter of where is it that you are in life and whether or not that is where God wants you to be. 1 Kings 17, starting with verse number 1. And Elijah the Tishbite 
who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So underline in verse number 3, get thee thence. Get thee hence, rather. Okay? Get thee hence. Underline that. And then in verse number 4, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have... Uh, commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. Underline. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. So in other words, he was obedient. God said to go there, and, and then it says in verse number 5, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. So what we see here is that God gave him specific directions to go and do something. And he didn't sit and argue. He didn't sit and say, let me think it through. He simply went and did. And God said, if you do what I'm telling you to do, you shall be fed, you shall be, be taken care of. You see, many times in our lives, God will tell us to do something, okay, and if we do it, then we will be provided for. We won't struggle. And what did it say here in verse number 7? And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, there hadn't been any rain in the land, but yet still God was providing. He was drinking and the ravens were bringing him food, you see. So when we have these things going on in our lives and God tells us to go and do something, and if we hesitate, we could wind up missing out on something, okay? We've got to get to the point that we're willing to follow God when he tells us to do something. Then it continues. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which uh, belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Please in the line, in verse number 9, Arise, get thee to Zarephath. Okay? He says, and there I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So God is looking forward now and he's telling you, you go here because there's going to be someone there who's going to take care of you. Verse number 10 says, so he arose and went to Zarephath. Underline that. Okay, and we see here obedience, right in your, in your margin someplace, if you can, the word obedience. So again, God told him to go to Zarephath. Verse number 10 says, he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now God told him that there's going to be a little widow woman there to care for you, right? So here she is standing and he says, draw me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Verse 11. And as she was going to fetch it, <coughs> excuse me, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. So all she said now, all I have is this little bit of food. I'm going to go in and make this little bit of food so we can just eat it and then just die. That's the end of the line. Okay? Now, she didn't know what God had said to Elijah. That I'm going to send you to this woman who's going to sustain thee, who's going to care for you. In the meantime, she's just seeing this guy show up here and he's asking for food. She says, all I got is this, I got one bag of chips and after we eat this bag of chips, we're going to just go and die. All right? She didn't know what God had already said. 
Because if, if she knew that God had sent him there, and that God had said that she's going to sustain you, maybe her attitude would have been a little different. But yet still, Elijah was obedient, and he went to her. Okay, verse 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Underline, but make me thereof a little cake first. And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Okay? So make me the cake first. Now, in essence, this is saying, serve God first, okay, be obedient to God first, okay, and then take care, think about your son and yourself. Verse 14, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Put a highlight around all of verse 14, because now he's telling that what God said, the barrel, the, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil uh, dry up or disappear, until the rain returns upon the earth. Verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Underline, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Okay, again, she was obedient to what he was saying. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Underline that. She and her house did eat many days. So we see, obviously, the oil did not dry up and the meal did not, did not run out. And the barrel of meal wasted not Neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Please highlight all of that, and then underline, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Okay? Now, how many of us, if someone spoke for God and said, this thing that you are about to take upon you, this thing that God is telling you to do, don't worry. He'll take care of you on that path. How many times have we had things before us, and especially those of us who really, really pray about things and listen to God, and you hear God saying to you, go and do this. How many of us said, well, wow, well, what if this happens before I can accomplish it? What if this happens before I can accomplish it? Okay, he said that God said to tell you that this oil is not going to dry up. The meal's not going to waste. Okay. If you're serious about praying to God, and if you're serious about wanting to be in God's will so that you can benefit by this, remember, God's saying to be in his will and to stay in his will, okay, being obedient to God, that's for your benefit. That is for your benefit, okay? Those of us who have prayed to God and have heard an instruction from God, we've doubted and worried that, okay, I'm not going to be able to make it through. I'm not going to survive this ordeal. Are you kidding me? I'm going to walk into the boss's office and he's going to chew me up. I'm going to really just, you know, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. Okay? The barrel of oil, 16 again, barrel of meal, wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman... The mistress of the house fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. So he died. And, he, and she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Please underline, O thou man of God. Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. He took him out of her bosom, because she was holding him, and carried him up into a loft where he abode, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord, and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? Okay? Now it's interesting to think, now what kind of condition, what kind of state is Elijah in now? 
I mean, he's seen God do many wondrous things. Holy Spirit is speaking through him. Yet still at this particular time, I mean, it's like all of a sudden he's losing track of who God is. And he's kind of questioning God here. He said, Hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? You think at this point a man like Elijah would certainly know God and have more faith. Okay, all right. Okay. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul uh, come unto him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came unto him again, and he revived. Highlight all of that. So, in times in our lives, how many of us, when things don't work exactly the way that we think that they should, that we question God, and we kind of give up, okay? But it didn't stop with Elijah. He had a question for God. Lord, what have you done that you would bring this upon this woman who fed me and took care of me? But yet still, what did he do? He did what God told him to do. You see? So in times in our lives, when we have things that are troubling us or it seems to be challenging, you know, know, if, if the question does arise in your mind, God, why did you let this happen? And many times we do as Christians, okay? But we've got to quickly, quickly, quickly regroup as a child of God, and say, but however, Lord, I'm going to go on and do what I know you want me to do. You see, the difference between us and a sinner, I mean, a non-believer or an unbeliever, is that we say, oh boy, Lord God, why did you let this happen? I'm done with you. And they walk away from God. But we as children of God, can't, we can't do that. We can't do that. Okay? Now, now, I'm not going to stand up here and pretend to be holier than thou and say that never as a Christian will you wonder why God does something or why God permits something to happen in your life. Amen? Amen? But you have to still do what God is telling you to do. You've got to quickly regroup. If that thought does pop in your head, as you, and you as a child of God, that thought may pop into your head when something really, really devastating happens. Oh, Lord, why, 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 why? If God had said to you, I want you to go east and blah, 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 then you go and you still, you go east. You go east. Amen? Because God is not a God that's just going to have you doing things or let things happening to you happen to you without caring for you. Amen? So the whole thing is here is that you have to make sure is that you're there is where God wants you to be. Amen? So Elijah was where he wanted, where God wanted him to be. Verse 23 goes on to say, uh, at 22 again, uh, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. So the child came back. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know, please in the line, by this I know, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is a truth. Okay? So, Elijah experienced his there, okay, because he was where God wanted him to be. And as a result of him following, of his following God's direction, and this woman also, even at first she was kind of resistant. I only got one little tiny, you know, bagel here. I got one little bit of bagel to make, and then after that it's done. I'm done with. But yet still she did what God called her to do. And as a result of that, that was her there. 
That was her there. Okay? Elijah had a spiritual and a physical there for him. He had to be, had to travel to that particular point. There was a physical thing. For her, it was a spiritual there. Because she got to the point that she did exactly what this man of God told her to do. You see? You see? And she couldn't see past her. All she knew it was that physically, you, you know, she had this one little, little, little bit of meal, you know, and a little bit of oil. Okay? And in her mind, in her human mind, no way can this feed us and sustain us. Okay? Okay? But God is the God of the impossible. Alright? Alright? That miracle, the Holy Spirit got in there and worked that meal and that oil the same way Jesus, Holy Spirit, worked the fish and the bread that fed the 5,000. Amen? Amen? So when God is giving you something to do, that is your there. Don't be worrying about, well, how can this be? I mean, it doesn't make sense now. Airfare costs this, or this and that, or this. Or I have to, I have. Don't try. You just simply do whatever it is that God needs you to do. And that's your there. If she had not followed what God told her to do through Elijah, and if her son had died, then he would not have been revived. So because of that, her son lived. All right? And then as a result of that, because everything we do in life should be glorifying God. And the woman, for 24, and the woman said to Elijah, Now, by this I know, that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Okay? So she had a whole new view of a prophet of God, and also how God can work through a prophet. Now, we know also from, from reading the Bible and from our studies and everything that this is our Old Testament and Holy Spirit had not been made available to all born-again believers. But Holy Spirit came upon those that God chose to, 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 to put the Holy Spirit upon or put a word in his mouth. And this is the case of Elijah and other, other of, the, uh, of the prophets that are listed in the Bible. So God chose to spoke for him through him. So this was his there and this also was her there. Go to Acts, the book of Acts. You know, you need to stop and, and, and kind of ask yourself, as we're reading these scriptures, where am I right now? Where, and I don't mean physically, <laughs> obviously you know, hopefully you know where you are, amen? But where am I relative to God, okay? All of us sitting in this room, in this sanctuary, have aspirations in God, things we want to do things we would like to achieve and accomplish. Many times we may even be thinking about the things that we want to achieve and accomplish, but don't realize how it relates to God. But you have aspirations, you have dreams, you have hopes, you have desires, that the things that you want to do. You need to ask yourself, where am I? And really take a deep breather and kind of go through a spiritual checklist. Where am I with God? Am I really, really seeking Him? Am I where God wants me to be spiritually? The things that I want to achieve, Lord, how can I get there? And where is my there? Is my there in Zarephath? Is my there in Paran? You understand what I'm saying? You know, only you can answer this question. You know if there are shortcomings in your spiritual life, things that you need to, to shore up, to make stronger, things you need to correct. Only you know that when God has put an unction in your spirit, 
If you're a child of God, you've been reading his word, and if you've been praying, you've, all, you've had these unctions, these feelings in your spirit, this is what I should be doing, this is what God wants me to do. This could be your there. All right? But if you put that aside, and you keep letting yourself get distracted or pulled aside because of other circumstances, or because of other people, whether those people be friends, relatives, I don't care who they are, Okay? Okay. God told Abraham in Abram in the Genesis 12 verse 1, get thee out of this land and go to the place that I'm going to show you. He told him to leave his whole family. You know? And I'm not telling you to leave your family. I don't know what's going on in your lives, individual. But I will tell you this, that God has a plan for you. God has a place for you to be. God knows where your there is. You need to make sure and consider whether your there is where God wants you to be. Okay, and give it to him to get you to your there place. Because when you get to that there place, you're going to realize and experience all that you want to experience and then more. And then more. He always throws in the extras. He puts the icings on the cake. I told you a dozen times probably the first house my wife and I prayed for and Holy Spirit guiding us and we did what the pastor told us to do and follow and we prayed and prayed and prayed and not only was the house exactly like we had it, dreamed it and had it drawn out because we had an architect draw it, someone in the church that was our draw it. Not only was the house exactly as we had dreamed it to be, but he put icing on the cake. A 16 by 32 foot in-ground pool. Hadn't even asked for that. Okay, so I'm bragging on God, I'm not bragging on myself and my wife. All I'm just saying is that these are the kinds of things that God, and it's happened many times in our lives. God will give you what you want and things that you haven't even thought of, but he will take you to that next level. But you've got to find your there, and that there has to wind up uh, aligned with God's there. Amen? The same way Elijah was blessed by being fed, he did what God said. He didn't know this woman, she fed him and sustained him. And in turn, she benefited because when her son died... Elijah was there to bring him back to life. Times are getting short. No one knows when Jesus is going to come. I'm not pretending to say that. But you can look around you and see what's going on. And we see that there's a difference going on in the world. You've got to make sure that you are prepared. That you are prepared. Nothing is more important than your interaction with God. Praise Him. Acts, number, Acts chapter 8. And we're going to go to verse number 26. Acts 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise and go. Here again we see direction. Arise and go. Underline the word go, where God is giving direction. Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down through, uh, from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, underline that, and write in your margin someplace, obedient. Each time we see in these scriptures where God says to do something, these people are being obedient. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, uh, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Okay, so here we see this man was underlined and uh, read Isaiah the prophet. Scripture says Isaiah, it's a a translation of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah the prophet, he was seeking God. Okay, so put in your margin someplace, we see he was seeking God. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, 
Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Okay, again, underline, go. Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. Underline, Philip ran to him. And heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you're reading in another word? Okay. So just to pause there for a minute. You see here, on one man, on one side, here's a man who's seeking God. Doesn't know anything about him, but he's reading these books. Isaiah. Seeking God. God says, "Uh uh-huh. Here's someone that's seeking me. I'm going to send somebody to him. Here's somebody seeking me. I'm going to send somebody to him. I want to send him some help. See, it starts with you. You got to start seeking God. Okay? And I don't mean seeking God the childish way. Well, now let me take that back because what did Jesus say? Suffer little children to come unto me for as such is the kingdom of God. You've got to really start seeking God deep within your heart. God knows that you're seeking him. He'll send you help. He'll answer. He'll speak to you. So here he goes over to Philip and he says, go over, go over to that chariot. It doesn't say that Philip dawdled over. It says Philip ran to him. So when God gives you instruction, do we drag our feet? Okay, Michael, I want you to go over to so-and-so place and see so-and-so. Yeah, okay, okay, all right, okay, okay. Let me just finish watching this show on TV first. Okay, God, let me finish watching this show. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. As soon as I finish this sandwich, as soon as I finish this sandwich. Yeah, okay, okay. As soon as I get off the phone with so-and-so, okay, God. He said, Philip ran. that He didn't hesitate. I mean, he speedily. So when God tells you to go do something, you need to ask yourself, also, how quickly do I do it? Do I put God off until tomorrow? Do I say, as a matter of fact, I'll pray tomorrow? I'll wait and I'll speak to him tomorrow? You never know what tomorrow may or may not bring. Another true story. I've got so many of them. The pastor was addressing a congregation. And he kept talking about, now is the time to come to the Lord. Now is the time to get serious. You don't have any time to waste. Now is the time to come to the Lord. In the meantime, there were two biker types sitting in the back of the congregation. They decided to come in. He kept, for some reason, he said his sermon was other than that, but he kept returning to this. The time is now. You need to come to the Lord. Come forward. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. And he went on preaching and went on preaching. The couple in the back, the bikers, got up and left. They left. Didn't stay for the whole service. While he was preaching, heard a tremendous bang and screeching of brakes. Some in the back, the ushers ran outside. The very couple that was sitting back there ran out and jumped on their bikes. And they were both killed in a car accident. See? So when God is calling you to do something, you got to run. you got to run and do it. Don't think that tomorrow I'll take care of it, Lord. This is God you're playing with, you know? And if you know that you know that you know for sure God is wanting you to do something, you need to do it. You need to wait until tomorrow or this afternoon. You need to take care of it and and, and do it. Amen? So it says, He ran thither to meet him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand thou what thou readest? Verse 31. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? 
And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. So here he is reading the word of God and he's wishing that someone could help him understand it. And surprisingly, hey, big surprise, God supplies someone in the form of Philip. Okay? And come up here and sit with me. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Now, of course, you know he's talking about Jesus here. This was Isaiah when he's prophesying the coming of Jesus. Okay, verse 34. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. You see? So here he was inquiring. You know, he didn't even know that the the eunuch, in seeking God, he wanted an understanding of Jesus. You see? And so what did God do? God supplied someone to, to help him to understand the scripture and to tell him about Jesus. You see? You don't know that where God is calling you to, what God is telling you to do, the there that you need to be at, may be you sharing the gospel with someone. Okay? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you, you have to have um, a long, pre-rehearsed, religious-sounding statement. Well, you've got to start quoting a whole billion scriptures from the Bible. Sometimes God simply wants you to be there with another person to share your experience in God. To let that person know how you've had challenges in life. And let me tell you how much God loved me that he brought me through this particular situation. And God loves you the same way. Oh, well, I don't know anything about God. God knows about you. God knew about you from the foundations of the earth, according to God's word, you see. So God may have you to interact, to meet with somebody, simply to talk those very simple words. And then through those very simple words, Jesus will, of course, come about, you see. The same way, the same way Philip shared with the eunuch, you see. But it started with that person, the eunuch, having a desire to know God, a desire to know Jesus, all right. Then he continues here and he says... Um, uh, verse 36 again, let's read. And they went on their way. 35. We, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? What stops me from being baptized? And Philip said, If, underline the word if, if thou believest with all thine heart, and underline all believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. All right? Now, in that space of time, he talked to him about Jesus. And the man said, that's it. I want this. How can I be baptized? There's some water. And right away, what happened? Philip says, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe. And then he says, I believe that Christ is the Son of God. So this was simply a matter of Philip being where God wanted him to be. He wound up bringing another soul to the Lord. You see? Philip, this was Philip's there. This was where Philip needed to be. You see? You see? Because he was obedient to God. And I know for a fact, everyone sitting in this sanctuary at some point in time, I know this. For a fact, God has given you an unction. God has given you an unction that there's something he wants you to do. There's some place he wants you to be. And I mean that both physically and I also mean that spiritually. But there's a place where you, he wants you to be. I know this for a fact. 
But you're hesitating. You're hesitating. And I'm saying to you that, especially in the times that we're in, you need to stop hesitating. You need to stop. Listen seriously to what you're hearing today. You need to do what God wants you to do. You need to find your there where God wants you to be. Because that's where he's going to minister to you. And that's where he's going to bring you to the place he wants you to be. And all of those other things. All of those other things. All of those other things that you're caring so much about now. That you're struggling with now. That you're worried about now. All of those things will fall into place. I promise you. And I'm not saying asking you to take that on my promise to you. I'm saying because this is what God promises to you. Not what I promise. But this is what God promises to you. Amen. 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 So you need to find you're there. Okay? The same way Philip ran, you need to run. You pray about it. Think about it today after you get out of here. Spend some time tonight with God. Because I know everyone in this sanctuary is seeking for something. Okay? And you may not quite know what it is, but you're seeking. And you're understanding that you're a whole lot better off getting to where you want to be with God's help than trying to get there on your own. Amen? Amen? She says, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized them. Okay? Okay? But notice when he baptized them. After he was saved. Okay? He says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Philip said, if you believe in all your heart. He says, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And then he, he baptized them. And then, in verse 39, And when he would come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, underline, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at, at, at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, Azotus, if you have a good biblical Bible, you'll see a biblical map section in the back of your Bible. And that was 29 miles away from where he was. 29 miles. God picked him up and zoom. Talk about high speed travel. Okay? You see? So what happened here was, Philip was simply obedient. Can you imagine living the life that Philip must have led? God telling him to, to stop, go, go here, there's someone waiting. This eunuch here, he goes, he ministers to the eunuch, saves him, baptizes him, and then because that was Philip's there, that was the eunuch's there in the first place, Okay, he was there, and Philip wound up being there. That was Philip's there. And then God had finished with Philip there, and then took him to his next assignment, so to speak. Okay? Free of charge. Didn't have to wait on line for the TSAs to check him through the baggage carry. Amen? 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 Okay? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? No delays. No train tickets, anything else like that. All right? So this was, this was Philip's there. Okay? We're going to look at one more case. Go to the book of John. Book of John 11. Okay. Okay. John 11, and we're going to start at verse 1. This is about Lazarus. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. 
It was that, that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he who thou lovest is sick. Underline, please, thou lovest is sick. He whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Please in the line, but for the glory of God. And that, uh, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Understand, underline that too, please. That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Please in the line, he abode... Uh, two days still in the place, same place where he was. Now he heard that Lazarus was sick. In verse number three it said that he loved. He heard that he was sick, but yes, little Jesus didn't pick up and run and, and go any place. He stayed for two more days. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples saying to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? You're going there again when they tried to stone you before? Jesus in verse 9 says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not, because he sees the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepest, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Please underline, that I may wake him on this, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, is he sleep? He shall do well. If he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of, of rest in sleep. You see, so they weren't understanding. Jesus said that he's asleep. They thought he meant that he was asleep, sleep. Jesus thought that he was dead. Okay, that he's dead. Verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Okay, so underline, to the intent that you uh, may believe. Okay, as a matter of fact, also put a uh, underline, uh, underline, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent that you might believe. Okay, so Jesus tarried because he wanted to make sure that he was dead. Jesus is saying that it is better for your sakes that I wasn't there. So in other words, Jesus, Jesus was with them, Lazarus was where he was, and he died. Okay? He says in uh, verse number 15, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there uh, to the tent. Uh, uh, verse 16, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, that's being negative. Okay, there comes the negativity again. Okay, we may die with, with him. Then, when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Please underline four days. He'd been in the grave four days. The other scripture, I think it is Matthew, it says, been in the grave four days and he stinketh. Okay, I think it's Matthew. It says, and he stinketh. So he was dead, good and dead. He was right. Now, verse 18. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. Now, that's about two miles, roughly, about two miles off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, 
my brother had not died. Please in the line, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. At the time, that was not Jesus there. That was not Jesus' there. She said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Uh-uh. It wasn't Jesus' time to be there. That's not where God the Father wanted him. Okay? 22. But I know that even now, please underline, I know. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. See, so she still, she has faith in Jesus. 23. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Please underline, thy brother shall rise again. 24. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. See, they still don't understand where Jesus is coming from. You know, she believes in resurrection after death and so on like that. In the last day, you know, I know that he shall rise again. Verse 25. Jesus said to them, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Please underline all of that. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Underline 20, verse 26 too. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? You know? I say to you today, do you believe that? Do you really, really believe that? Do you, do you believe that after you leave this physical body that you're, that you're in today, that because you are a spirit... That if you believe in Jesus, you shall indeed, you, you, you shall live. Amen? Amen? Okay? You've got to ask yourself that, you know. And it's easy for you to sit here in church and say, yes, you know, I agree, I agree, I believe, I believe. But the bottom line is deep in your heart, in your heart of hearts, when you are by yourself, you ask yourself that question. Do I believe that after I give up this shell, this body, because you are a spirit, as we talked about in Bible study, if you are a spirit, the true you is a spirit, that when you cast off this, this body, okay, that you will have eternal life if you believe in Jesus. Okay? So many times I think if we believe that, then how do we do the things that we do? How do we do the things we do? Well, how do we don't do the things that we should do? Amen. 27. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe, underline, I believe. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Okay? Which should come into, which should come into, the, into the world. She says, I believe that thou art the Christ. Christ is a title. Christ is not part of his name. Christ means the anointed one. Amen. So he, she's saying that I believe that you are the anointed one, the Son of God, which should come into this world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard him, she arose quickly and came unto him. So in verse number 28, in the bottom part of verse 28, The Master is come and calleth for thee, underline calleth for thee. Okay? Calleth for thee. And then verse 29, as soon as she heard it, underline, she arose quickly and came unto him. There it is again. When God calls, do you make God wait? How quickly do you run to Him? How quickly do you respond to what God is calling you to do? Amen? Verse 30. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met Him. The Jews then which were with her uh, in the house comforted her, 
when they saw Mary, and she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. There's again negativity. Didn't she didn't Jesus tell her that he was going to live, right? Negativity. Then when Mary was come uh, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, there it is again, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Okay? Jesus knows what's going on. Underline that, please. Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died, or wouldn't have died. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Please underline, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Okay? You see, Jesus was groaning to see them there weeping and so on like that. Verse 34. Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Underline, have caused that this, even this man should not have died. Okay? Jesus, verse 38, Therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time, oh there it is, by this time he stinketh, for the man has been dead four days. Please underline that, please. By this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Please underline all of that. Okay, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, really double underline, if thou would believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and set him free. Let him go, or set him free. Then many of the Jews which, had came, which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Please in the line, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees, and told them what Jesus had done. So, Jesus had his there. Those other people that were there also were where they needed to be. And Jesus arrived on time. Jesus arrived on time. If he had arrived earlier and, and, and prevented him from dying, let's just say, God would have not been glorified through what Jesus did. You see? So timing is everything with God. Where is your there? Are you there yet? You see? Because if you follow what God is telling you to do, and, 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 and everything is in God's timing, if you are where God wants you to be, then that is your there. And as a result of you being there, you will benefit, and you have no idea who around, else, who around you, who else may benefit by you being at your there. Amen? Because if you're doing it, see, God has everything in your life orchestrated. 
All you have to do is simply give in and follow what he's, do, what he's telling you to do. Amen? But of course the catch there is that you know what he's telling you to do. Okay? You know? I mean, if, if, if I was a pitcher, a pitcher in a baseball game, if I was a pitcher and I'm looking at the uh, catcher, and you know the catcher sends those signs, okay? If the pitcher didn't know what signs the catcher was sending, telling him to what kind of ball to throw, he'd wind up wrecking the game or whatever, or beating the catcher or the batter or whatever, you know, or giving someone a home run, walking him or whatever. But that pitcher has to understand what the, what the uh, uh, um, catcher is saying. If God is telling you something and you don't understand God's quote-unquote signals to you, then you can't do what God is telling you to do. You can't be at your there. All right? And that, that there could impact so many other people. Okay? I mean, you, you just don't know. I mean, it's because of the fact that we, my wife and I, have, have been at our theirs at the right time. We, we've taught our children who are now grown what they should do and need to do in the Lord. And as a result, in turn, then they, then they following what their theirs are, pass that on to their children. Amen. So it's a matter of you hearing what God wants you to do and carrying it out what God, God wants to do, to do because you, you don't know how it's going to impact other people. Amen. Amen? You, you, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know how something that you do in obedience to God will wind up bringing those that are around you to meet someone else. And as a result of that person meeting someone else, and all of a sudden, I mean, in, in our case, in a couple of cases there, I mean, where we were caused people to be met and children to be born. And as a result, we have beautiful grandchildren. God all had all of that planned. But it, it started with us being willing to, to, to be at our there at God's appointed time. You see? So you're not just messing with your life by you not following what God wants you to do. You don't know what other lives you potentially could be impacting. So it's important that you ask yourselves all the time, am I there yet? Am I there yet? You see? You see? And, and, and if you don't know, I mean, when you're in a car and you're asking every, you know, what feels like every five minutes or, or, or feels like every hour, are we there yet? Actually, it's only been ten minutes ago. You know, at that point, you know where you're supposed to be. You know where you're going. You see, the thing is, in our Christian walk with God, we don't always know where our theirs are. Okay? If you know where you want to be, then your prayer to God is, Lord, I think I know what my there is. I think I know where you want me to be. And the question might be, how do I get there? Help me get there. But in many cases, you don't know where your there is. Okay? All right? Because you're there in many cases as human beings. Our there is not where God wants us to be. Okay? It's where I want to be. Maybe I'm aspiring to some great office. You know, where people will just, oh boy, look, he's the senator this, or he's the whatever this, you know, and so on like that. That's not where God wants you. So the question is, where is your there? Alright? Where is your there? You need to ask God that. Because I'm telling you, time is, time is a ticking, and, and, and it's, it's time for us to stop playing church. To just simply going to church and just, you know, being involved for an hour or two or whatever. Your Christian walk extends far beyond the couple of hours that you may spend in church hearing a sermon. Your Christian walk with the Lord is 24-7. 24-7. And the sooner you realize that, the more beneficial you shall be. The more benefit you'll get from God. Okay? And as Brother Brandon preached in his sermon a little while back there, how much are you willing to decrease? How much do you want to decrease so that you can let God really, 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 really increase in your life? Okay? 
And I guarantee you, God guarantees you, again, let me get me out of the picture, God guarantees that if you do that, that you will benefit in ways that will, boy, oh boy, you have no idea where God will bring you to be and how easy life will be. Does it mean you won't have a trial or tribulation ever in life? No, it doesn't. Jesus said you would. Okay, but as long as you keep that mindset of, Lord, am I where you want me to be? Lord, how do I handle that there? Amen. I've got this other issue that popped up in my life. This is going on now, Lord. Okay, where do you want me to be? How do you want me to handle it? Amen. 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 So in closing, the one last question that I have for you today is, are you there yet? Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. Now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.